Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, aka Bariatric Warrior, Bex, aka Becoming Bex, Nicole, aka Spooky BSG Barbie, and Cass, aka Queen Sparkle We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, everyone. So welcome to R2DP podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Today we have Steph, Cass, and Bex. And Nicole is pre-recorded because sadly she's in Kentucky. But she's still here in spirit and in our hearts. She's on an awesome film right now. Um, Today we're going to be talking about basically the process to get to bariatric surgery, as well as bariatric surgery myths. So Cass, let's take it away. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be back. Um, Thank you for joining us. Um, So... I had surgery with Blossom Bariatrics in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, As I kind of touched on before last episode, um, I found them through a Google search, um, trying to do my research on um, where I wanted to go, who had the best prices, who, what was the best fit for me. And I actually went through Blossom's fast track program. I could have been down there as soon as two weeks after I called. Um, For me, that wasn't in the cards. That wasn't in my timeline. Um, I was still very nervous about it and just kind of uncertain. Um, So I opted actually to schedule my surgery six, about six months out is about as far as they'll let you do it when you're doing the fast track. that and that way I could pay the amount um, that I had to pay out of pocket in increments, and I wasn't reeling from sticker shock, um, so to speak. So I called, um, got some information, and then about two days later, I called back with my deposit, um, and the deposit goes towards your surgery after you schedule and then you get all your stuff done. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have some listeners who are interested in Blossom. So why don't you tell um, us about about what that was for you? And then like how much you had to pay, like like how did you pay weekly, monthly type of thing? So um, when I called back to schedule my surgery, um, I had to put down a $500 deposit, um, which is goes toward your surgery. Um, my total out of pocket price was 10,500 and that was including that $500 deposit. Um, so yeah. Did you have, did you have to pay, um, is that just for the surgery, like center, like the surgery you had, did you also have to pay like a separate anesthesia or was that included? That was everything. That was everything that I was responsible for paying. Mm -hmm. Um, However, they billed my insurance for, you know, whatever they could that was out of network. Um, All of that piece is still kind of weird to me because they pretty much handle everything for you, which is really nice. Um, But, you know, I feel like all of the pre-surgery procedures probably um, got charged by insurance. So like the endoscopy, the EKG, um, I didn't have to do any sleep studies. I didn't have to do any of that. I did a psych eval. They sent it to me in a PDF form, and um, I did that. Um, But I've never seen a bill. I've never seen one bill um, for anything. So, yeah. And if anybody has any questions about Fast Track, they can always DM me on IG, you know. Um, Queen's Sleeves. So, um, uh, so yeah, and I ended up 
you know, I get paid for my work biweekly. So that's how it worked out as I just, you know, throw a thousand here, 500 there, just um, as long as it was paid in full, you know, two weeks before your surgery, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I paid it off probably about a month before. So I was good in the clear, went down. uh, Me and my husband went, uh, gosh, what did we leave? The I want to say we left the night of the 19th or like early on the 20th because we got there on his birthday, which is June 20th. And then... Your surge anniversary's on Monday! <laughs> so, yeah. um... No, I think it's Wednesday. So I have my surgery on the 23rd. Oh, okay. Your surge anniversary's on Wednesday! <laughs> <laughs> soon! Soon! <laughs> um, early surgery. Yeah. I'm, like... I can't believe it's been a year already. It's crazy. Um, I think we actually got there on the 19th. Because it was the... And then... Yeah. But anyways, so we come a couple days early. So you do all of your stuff. So your endoscopy, your stress test, your EP, they, you know, get you set up. You talk to your surgeon. You get your meds. Um, and then... You know, you have your surgery, they bring you back to the hotel, you have Val come and she like gives you IV and makes you feel better because <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but like the first two or three hours afterwards, it was the, that was the worst. And I've had three C-sections. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, it's just like a blur of pain. Like that's all I remember was those first few hours after, after surgery of loss. It was like pain and then she came and I remember when she did that first like uh infusion I'm pretty sure I just sat on the edge of the bed and like rocked back and forth and like my mom was talking to her and I was just like I don't fucking know what's happening I'm lost in the law land pretty sure I was moaning from like the chest and then and then like she did it and I fell asleep and two hours later I woke I like bounced out of bed and was like, I'm good. And my mom was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, my throat was like fire from being intubated. Like, oh, yeah. oh my God, that was the worst. And I was so thirsty. Like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to drink. Stop. And I'm like, I know I can't do this. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, ah. But yeah, the gas pains were like the worst. And for like three hours. My husband's like pounding on my back, and I'm like, it's not doing anything. <laughs> like, go walk. I don't want to. I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> but it's a very different pain than, you know, like, because I've had three C sections. So I've had three major abdominal surgeries. And, but it, you know, it's more, feels more chesty. Yeah. It's very strange. Chest and um, rather than like your abdomen. It's, it's weird. But I mean, my shit went off with the hip without any problems. Like I had no problems whatsoever. And you know, just the learning curve of how big of a sip is too sip, big of a sip, or like, you know, I think we all have that struggle at the beginning and just learning how our new body is working. Um, and then, you know, I, so we went down had my surgery on the 23rd and I flew home to Alaska on the 25th. Nice. And uh, they gave us those portable compression things. I basically walked the plane and, but like, I'm sorry, but I'm a huge blimp and, but bumping people down the aisle is not my idea of a good time. (laughs) When I get on a plane, like, in your seat. I get in my seat and I don't fucking move. Like, <laughs> you have to pee, you're going to die peeing. Like, that, you're not doing it. <laughs> I had to pee every five minutes after surgery. How, how did you have enough liquid in your body? To they gave me four four liters of IV fluids. Okay. And yeah. I and I had to walk in every lap. I had to have two ounces of liquid, and I had to finish two seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottles before I could go home. Yeah. Nope. I would have failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I we know we talk about myths, but 
but do we want to finish just the story first? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll finish talking about insurance stuff, and then we'll talk about the myths afterwards. And in a different episode, we'll go into further about like our experience during surgery and how we felt afterwards. So we'll go further into detail then about all that stuff. Yeah. So that's that was pretty much mine. Like, um, like I said, I didn't have to do any of the class. Like, people have to do nutritional class. I didn't have to do those. I didn't have to like have a psychiatrist all lined up or anything like that you know I don't did you know. have like a nutrition class nope okay but i had i had already like through my where i get my health care up here um you know i'm alaska native like i had told you guys before so i go through the alaska native medical center and south central foundation up here which is like our biggest health care for alaska natives and american indian people so um i had already been hanging out with a registered dietitian and been talking to somebody in preparation because i was like well i know i'm gonna have bariatric surgery so is there somebody that i can talk to that kind of is familiar with it what should i do in prep so you know i took it upon myself to do it but i was not required so anyway Next. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go next since mine's very similar since they both went to Blossom. Um, so, yeah, I was I was fully self-pay. So that was, I think, the only di- the major difference is that um, my insurance sucked at the time. Um, I basically had the cheapest of cheap plans that my um, employer at the time could afford. Um, and so, and I couldn't, I couldn't pay extra to get a better plan. It was like, this is what you got. It was this or nothing. And my insurance didn't cover bariatric surgery of any form. And it also didn't cover any outpatient surgery of any form. So I basically had to pay fully out of pocket. Um, I in total paid, and this was, this was a few, this was a year and a half ago. Their prices have changed. So listeners keep that in mind. Um, but my full out-of-pocket price was, uh, 15.5, um, which was about $15,000 cheaper than getting it done locally here in Oregon. So it was definitely the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, that price was all inclusive. So I didn't pay a dime afterwards. Once I had paid my bill, um, there was, there was nothing else. Uh, and that included with, with. Blossom, it includes the hotel, it includes transportation, um, you know, and it includes anesthesia, surgeon fees, everything. So that's, that is one of the reasons why I loved Blossom was like, there was no guesswork. It was like, this is the price. And I'm just going to address something real quick about Blossom because I see a lot of people out there being like, oh, Blossom lies. They, on their website, they say it's only six or 7,000. When in reality it's 15 or 18 and I get mad because I'm like, did you read the fine print? Because it literally says on their website, you could pay as low as six or 7,000 if your insurance covers it, Mm -hmm. you know, and people get all weird thinking that they're like being price gouged or lied to. And I'm like, read read the fucking fine print. Like Mm -hmm. it's really not that hard to read the words on the page. And, no, and, not at all. and you know like I, maybe when they're in there you know you do sign that consent form that if something wants to happen and they had to do something else you know you're still gonna end up paying for that exactly yeah and so like i just get really frustrated when people are like oh it's not actually that price I'm like no it really is whatever price they tell you that's the price mm-hmm. like just Think because about it says one thing on the internet doesn't mean that like that's what you're gonna pay so anyway yeah. I think a lot of people want like Mexico prices in the U.S. and unfortunately, that really doesn't happen. No, and Blossom (laughs) is the closest if you have good insurance. No, you know they really are. I have I have yet to find another reputable that's the keyword Mm -hmm. um, like surgery center like Blossom that does outpatient that has as low of prices as they have, and I mean. Stephanie is going to talk about hers. So, I mean, there's, you'll, you'll hear Steph's story and now it's a different price. So, yeah. um, 
<laughs> and Steph had two surgeries. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess uh, I did the same thing. I did fast track. It was like, I think mine actually was a little different because I had surgery on a Saturday. So all of my pre-op appointments were on Friday. So I arrived on Thursday, had pre-op appointments Friday, surgery Saturday was gone Monday. Like it was really fast for me. I had like my, my stress test. EKG and blood work on Friday and like met with a surgeon and nutritionist and then they actually did my endoscopy on the day of surgery so they don't do that anymore now they do them on separate days mm-hmm. but back when I had surgery they did mine on the same day they basically knocked me out did the did the endoscopy did the surgery did another endoscopy to check like they normally would and then I was done. So I only got, I only had to go under anesthesia once, which I think for me personally was perfect. I'm glad it happened that way, but they don't do that anymore. They definitely separate them out. Um, But for me, I, because I was self-pay, it was kind of the same as, as Kaz. Like I just, I just woke up one day and made an appointment and I personally set mine four months out. So I made the appointment in September of 2020 and I set it for January of 2021 because I wanted to have the holidays mm-hmm. not trying to recover from surgery and then it gave me about four months during which time I was able to make small changes in my diet started drinking more water started working out and walking more started you know <laughs> like focusing on protein. Like I just, I didn't even like make any really big changes. I just started with those small habits. And by the time I got to surgery, I am 110% convinced that because I took that time to make those changes on my own, that I'm, I was that much more successful post-op. Like that I didn't struggle with getting my water and protein in. I was able to hit and and exceed my water goal within four days after oh, surgery. God. Most struggle for a couple of weeks. So I was really already like in that habit of sip, 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 sip constantly, you know? Um and again, everybody's journey is different. Not everybody is it's not that easy for everybody to drink. Um but uh I did I think the only thing that I this isn't a bad thing about Blossom. I love Blossom. They do have a lot of like post-op care, but I think the difference between going to someplace like Blossom where you don't necessarily have to, I mean, yeah, sure. We had a psych eval, but the psych eval was like three pages of like answering questions. Like that was it. You didn't actually meet with like a psychiatrist. There was no actual appointment. Um, there's no therapy required. There's, we have a dietitian that you can meet with, but you only have the one dietitian appointment that's required. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're given like a, a binder that has all the relevant information and their binder is great. And again, they have really great post-op like health, but I think that me being self-pay and going to blossom and, you know, like, like has having, having surgery in a completely different state. Like I had to then set up services for myself at home. So I made sure I had the therapist, made sure that I had, you know, the support system, the dietitian, the family around me, you know, that was supportive because otherwise like that's setting yourself up for failure. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I had an idea for a myth and now it's gone. Oh my God. Maybe you'll think of it again. It was a good one too. Damn. Think about it. Think about it. Steph, Steph, you go and I'm going to think. Okay. Um, So Steph, (laughs) Um, I was also (laughs) self-pay, completely self-pay. My insurance was also the shittiest of shit insurance. They did do bariatric surgery. Um, They did not require the six months in advance or whatever crap. But they had requirements where your BMI had to be either 40 or, and they would cover it, didn't matter anything else. Or your BMI had to be between 35 and 39. Um, and you had to have either severe sleep apnea where you stopped breathing like 
40 something times per hour. Um, you had to have documented in the last six months severe high blood pressure and on blood pressure medication. You also um, had to have type 2 diabetes. I did not have diabetes. I did not have, I mean, I have borderline high blood pressure, was never on blood pressure meds. And um, my sleep apnea was um, normal as five. Mine was seven. So it was very mild. So, of course, even though my BMI was 39.8, they would not cover it. Oh, yeah. And I was not going to eat 10 cheeseburgers to gain 15 pounds to get a BMI of 40. That's that's going in the wrong direction. Don't do that. <laughs> I know some people who did do that, but just no, no. Yeah. I mean, I understand people who are like at the 30 or 35 BMI, depending on the insurance, Yeah, like having to maintain. And if they start making those changes before surgery, sometimes that results in weight loss and sometimes then you end up below your BMI. So it makes sense mm-hmm. that you would eat yeah. to get back the correct BMI, mm-hmm. but doing it at the cost of your health, like that's, that's, yeah. that's a whole other conversation about how insurance sucks. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I don't come from like an eating disorder background in regards to having weight loss surgery is where you know things are different with me like I had severe gastroparesis that's why I had the surgery and I'm not gonna put myself through hell and experiencing that by eating 12 cheeseburgers to just gain Mm -hmm. 10 pounds I'm sorry no no um so basically I remember August 4th 2021 had my I called them, scheduled my consultation, had my consultation. I went to Northwest Weight and Wellness locally in Washington State and where I live. And um, I had my consultation. Um, he used that little, I don't know if they did this for you guys, but they use like that little risk calculator and show you like the risks of each surgery and like with your weight, your age, any comorbidities you might have like over a period of time. Because I originally wanted to go with gastric bypass. Um, but he said that my, because I'm so young, that my risk would be so much more than, you know, like he would basically say I would take you back to surgery in the next 25 years. Oh, um, no, we never had any of that. It was literally like, I mean... Blossom only does, I believe, two procedures technically. They do SIPs, um, and then they do the safe sleep. Okay. So they don't even do R&Y. Okay. Uh, I think that they may do R&Y at Blossom if you require a revision, mm-hmm. like, a, like medically require a revision. I don't think they do it if you want to have a revision. I think if it's medical, they'll do it there. Um, but generally they don't even do it. So I don't know about Kaz, but like, I just was like, no, I want BSG. I mm-hmm. want minimally invasive. Um, I mean, I was almost 400 pounds. So you'd think that R and Y would be the best choice for me, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no, I, first of all, I want the option to have R and Y in the future. If I, mm-hmm. have yeah. if I need to, if it's medically necessary, but I want minimally invasive. And I want the one with the least number of complications. So that's why I chose Blossom and DSG. Yeah. There was no like discussion of risks, which is so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we discussed the risks he showed me and he even showed me what the each procedure was like, um, my clinic in Washington state was the first clinic to do the lap band and they don't do lap bands anymore because obviously we know how those go. (laughs) And so I went in, I met with him. He's like, okay, well, we're going to do sleeve. Then I went into like, um, they took like the H and P background. I went into my vitals and everything. Then I went into another little room and met with like the coordinator who like works with insurance and stuff. And um, basically she's like, yeah, your insurance isn't going to cover this because of this and this and this. And I was like, yeah, I understand that. We went over the costs. Um, We went over. um, So I had to do Psyche Val. My Psyche Val was a virtual visit. I did have to do a paper thing, but then I had a virtual visit, which they said would be three hours. It was 10 minutes. 10 minutes. (laughs) 
Um, it was 10 minutes. And um, as Nicole's going to talk about, they ask you really strange questions. Like, does your microwave talk to you? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. It tells me to feed my face. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, what's the point of that question? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It was it was very strange. So I had that. Um, I had to do a group nutrition class where we went over the binder. We also got a binder, which basically walked you through everything. Um, yeah. And then I had to have a one-on-one nutrition class. Um, they, that was covered in the, in the cost of the surgery. Um, and then we had to have a fitness class to talk about working out 30 days afterwards. That was not covered. That was also out of, that was also like separate out of pocket, not included in the whole price. Um, and that was like 80, 80, that was $80. Yeah. And, um, I did not have to do. Come to me, guys. I I only charge like. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did all of that. Um, they wanted to schedule me September 21st, literally August 4th, September 21st was going to be my surgery day. Um, had to pay, had to pay two weeks, um, prior to that time. And... I didn't have to do a sleep study because I had already had one and I had sinus surgery. So I didn't have sleep apnea anymore. Um, and I did not have to do an EKG. I did do have to do pre-op blood work. Um, I did not have to do a stress test. Um, literally, it was, okay, cool. When do you want to do it and pay the money? Um, are you ready for the cringe moment? Mm-hmm. $21,995 for my surgery and $1,600 yeah, of that went, went to anesthesia. Um, but that does include all your post-op appointments, all your post-op nutrition appointments, um, and everything that you may need um, for a year. So, and you know how many times I called and messaged and saw my doctor afterwards. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was worth that Um, (laughs) $21,995. Yeah. So I didn't want to have my surgery on the 21st. Obviously, I am a nurse. I have savings and have 401k. How did I pay for my surgery? Savings and 401k. (laughs) Literally deplete. Um. Because I just wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel better. I didn't want to be on steroids anymore. I didn't want to take antibiotics every Which day. Which helps gain weight. Steroids yeah, I literally gained 60-something gain pounds with steroids. And steroid weight is the hardest to get off. And I mean, mm-hmm. we all got to surgery because we tried 8,000 other things and it didn't stick. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I scheduled my surgery for October 5th of 2021. I went into the surgery center. He has his own surgery center at seven o'clock in the morning. I was there for six hours and I went home. Oh shit. <laughs> Hold please. We we uh we got interrupted. Technical difficulties, friends. Hopefully they come back on here. Mm. Zoom, join again, join again. (laughs) So basically, um, where was I? (laughs) We got kicked off. Dang Zoom. Um, So basically, where was I? I went to the Mm -hmm. surgery center and I was there for six hours. I had my surgery. My surgery ended up being like an hour and a half. Um, Woke up. I had to pee 
I had to do a bunch of laps to get the gas paint out, drink two 750 milliliter bottles of water that was flavored with like crystal light. Um, I also had four liters of IV fluids, so I had to pee every five minutes. Um, and my nausea and my pain had to be under control and then I could go home same day. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, I was okay till five weeks post-op and then I had a small bowel obstruction and ended up in the hospital. Then I was fine until 10 weeks post-op and then I had severe post-op complications of a stricture my sleeve slid up into my diaphragm. It was no longer in my abdomen. It created a hiatal hernia and severe reflux that I was aspirating into my lungs. So I was nothing by mouth for a good three months. And I was basically starving for a good six weeks before I got put on TPN via PICC line, as well as a feeding tube and multiple hospitalizations, multiple procedures. I'm pretty sure I've been under anesthesia eight times in the past seven months. Um, and of course I lost my job in that time frame, even though I was on medical leave, fuck them. Um, <laughs> and so I Bastards. now have no income. I had to cobra my insurance and I got my pick line the day after my insurance cut off from my work when I was fired. And so my pick line was not covered. 11 grand friends 11 Jesus grand Christ. for a fucking pick line um yeah so i cobra my insurance finally got that um and i had this bliss insurance which they sign you up for through my surgeon's office for the first three months if you were to have complications i don't think they ever put anything through that even though i bitched at them about it so I ended up paying between well, what was the point of that? Right. I ended up paying between like co cobraing my insurance. Uh if you ever have to cobra in your in your insurance, you know, like when your work pays like $43 every two weeks paycheck versus like nine hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um so multiple procedures, etc., medications, surgeries later. Uh, I probably paid close to 26 grand out of pocket for all of that. Now, getting to my revision surgery, it was considered a general surgery. I did have to do the clear liquids 24 hours beforehand, and basically it was the same diet afterwards. Um, that surgery, I didn't pay for at all <laughs> because there was so much documented of all the hell that I went through that I did not have to pay anything um, for that until my insurance fucked up again. And um, so right now, currently waiting on Cobra to fix it um, to get reimbursed for all of my meds that I had to pay for because these are the meds that I'm weaning off of to make sure everything is good, set in stone and working and I have no reflux anymore. So um, those meds are like $600 a month. Cringe. Um, yeah. So it's been really expensive. <laughs> um, and in order to pay for my post-op complications, again, I had to take out more for own K and I sold literally, uh, I'm a huge nerd. I had like 800 Funko Pops and a huge nerd room. I sold everything. I sold everything because my health mattered more. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that and. You know, I, I, I don't, I mean, I miss it because it was something I loved, but my, my body and my health matters more. And, you know, mm -hmm. in a later date, maybe I'll get back into that, but you know, everything has changed. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a journey, uh, <laughs> um, but my surgeon stuck with me through the whole entire thing. He is the one who did my revision. Um, my revision is also wasn't, they wanted to do an R RNY bypass. That's mostly what they do if you have severe complications like mine, which were really rare, um, especially if you develop GERD afterwards. But we actually talked to multiple surgeons, the Washington Bariatric Surgery, um, like board, um, also the one in Florida, 
So half of them said, you need revision to RNY bypass. Then the other half were like, no, there's this new thing out there called a ligament teres cardiopexy, which they usually do on people who have a whole stomach, but they started doing it on bariatric patients. It's only been around in the past year. I was patient number 26 that my surgeon has done. Um, and it is widely successful, 99%. Um, I just had the added, let's fix your hiatal hernia, pull your sleeve out of your chest, anchor it with sutures. And now I have four inches of my esophagus in my abdominal cavity. Um, and they dilated again. Prior also, I had two other dilations. So... It's been a journey. Again, I do not regret having sleeve at all. My body just said, what the fuck are you doing? And decided to do this. And I'm glad that I went through it because it made me the strong person I am today. And it made me be able to share my story and share the shit that you don't see, the bad and the ugly. And yeah, I may have been persecuted for that because people don't necessarily want to see that side. But it's important. It's important. Or believe you. It's imp- or believe you. Or believe yeah. that I actually went through that, even though I freaking shared everything. Um, right. Or, you or you're, you're trying to get attention. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. You know, nobody wants to see that shit. <laughs> According to them. I'm sorry, but weight loss surgery is not all rainbows and butterflies. I'm glad that everyone mostly has a smooth, amazing journey. And yes, you still have struggles. Even even people and, you know, absolutely never, ever to minimize anything that Steph's gone through. But like, I've, I've had multiple complications. My complications are common, though. So that is the big difference is that like, I think they're, they're not talked about as complications. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like Steph, yours is like, oh, this is like a scary complication and it's this big, huge thing. And it's like, but we don't talk about how absolutely common like gallbladder or GERD is actually mm-hmm. GERD after BSG is so freaking common mm-hmm. and it is the number one reason for revision surgery. Yep. You know, and so we'll we'll talk we'll talk about complications in another one. Mm-hmm. You know, in another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just we need to talk about this stuff. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not rainbows and butterflies. It's not there is shit that you go through. Even if you had a pretty smooth, like I would consider what I've had is a pretty smooth surgery, you know, post op experience, and yet I've also had complications. So. Mm-hmm. They still exist. Yeah. And we can't just sweep them under the rug and pretend like. Oh, no, that's not a part of weight not, loss surgery. No, not no, at, at all. It all, all is. And <laughs> the thing is, it's like, it's like like you said, Steph, like, you don't regret it. Mm-mm. I don't fucking regret it. The, 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 the trade-off is worth so much more mm-hmm. than, than the, the complications and the shit that you go through. And I'll be 100% honest, I never, ever, ever would have said that pre-op. Like before I made the choice to have the surgery, I never would have said that the complications are are worth it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, instead, pre-op, I would have been freaking out thinking that the complications are the end of the world. And now that I'm post-op, I'm like, fuck no, I'd go through it again, 100%. Yeah. And like, and it's also, we, it's important that we talk about this because your surgeon probably only told you one thing. Bleeding? And a leak. Right. <laughs> yep. And then like the point zero one percent chance that you could die from anesthesia. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's hard on your heart. <laughs> Those are the complications. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They and don't talk about they talk about. They don't talk about the post op complications. They talk about like the immediate complications that could happen during surgery or right after surgery. They don't talk about the complications that could happen three, six, nine, ten, twelve plus months out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So listeners. Ask your, if you're debating bariatric surgery, ask your surgeon, what are some, some complications that could arise during post-op? Yeah. That is not, a good question. Not just immediate. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I will say this too, and this is something that um, <clears throat> I've come up against a lot, which is people who literally just don't do research. Yep. For whatever reason, they don't. 
They don't read for themselves. They don't talk to other patients. They don't talk to their doctors. They just like read some random like complication post on Facebook. And let's be real, every single bariatric Facebook group that in existence is it's toxic. Place. Yeah, it's really toxic. <laughs> so, so okay. toxic. toxic cesspool of food police, freaking my experiences, the be all end all. Like, right. If oh you want to hear about close. some bariatric myths that people believe that are actually true, go on a Facebook <laughs> group. Go, go on the Facebook group. <laughs> all they fucking talk about it. Is like my surgeon. Okay, well, let's get into myth. Yeah. Transition. That's a good transition. My surgeon said I can never drink from a straw again. Oh my god. And so every time they see somebody drink from the straw, they're like, Oh, how dare you drink from a straw? My surgeon said I can never do that. So let's bust open that fucking myth. Yeah. So my surgeon didn't give a shit if I drank out of a straw. <laughs> and Blossom doesn't either. Blossom doesn't either. I think I didn't for the first day just because I was trying to like gauge how small of sips to take. Mm-hmm. But once I had that down, I immediately transitioned to a straw. And yeah, for me, it took, oh my God, like six months, seven months post up until I felt comfortable to try. I was just like, oh, well, I think I maybe have fed into a little bit of that myth. Like, because, you know, they didn't say one way or another. I didn't ask about it. So I was just like, "Mm." and then I was like, well, fuck this. Everybody's doing it. I'm doing it too. Did you feel like you struggled more getting your fluids in by not using a straw? Do you find it so much easier now? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the sports top of my water bottle is so much easier than trying to just, like, yeah. drink normally. This was so much better. I'm like, oh, man, I should have done that a long time ago. I don't, yeah, I gulp. I got my water in. I don't know about you guys, but I gulp less mm-hmm. with a straw. But with without a straw, I find myself gulping. Oh, yeah, Which, same. Uh, yeah. A year and a half out, uh, I, I'm the farthest out of any of us. And it's not a problem. It's not, I can, I can absolutely, I can down 10 plus ounces gulping it, no problem without any issues. But um, the reason why some surgeons say don't use a straw is because some people intake too much air when they're drinking with a straw or they may drink too fast and the thing that that causes is it causes gas bubbles and it causes burping and it can cause pain. But that's it. That, that is the only scientific <laughs> medical reason behind not, not using a straw. So if you go slow and you sip slow and you don't gulp immediately out of surgery through a straw, you're not going to have problems. So if you're, if you're scared of the straw, if you're worried about the straw, like just fucking go slow. Mm-hmm. Little tiny sips, see how that goes. Another little <laughs> tiny sip, like training wheels. Exactly. <laughs> like just don't go like full bore, like chugging it down through the straw, you know. But like that—that's the only reason that they that some surgeons say don't use a straw. And yeah. honestly, to me, when I hear a surgeon say that, I'm just like, you don't trust your patient, sir. <laughs> Also, I want to add something. So um, they gave me a water bottle that had a straw that you had to suck. So obviously you're sucking air right after surgery. Did Um, any of you guys use a spirometer? Yes. Yes. An incentive spirometer. Yes. Exactly. That is sucking. Mm -hmm. That is a sucking or a blowing motion. It's the same (laughs) Yes, we talk about sucking and blowing on this podcast. Of course we will. At some point, I'm sure we'll be worse than that, you know? Uh, Also, barium swallows. I've had about 28 of them. Um, I had a barium swallow, and I tested this out because I was curious. Uh, So I went, like, two weeks without using a straw. I drank from, like, the bottle. And then I went and did my barium swallow. Oh, guess what showed on my barium swallow? You have gas in your sleeve. 
So it doesn't make a difference if you fucking use a straw or not. You're gonna get yeah. fucking gas and air in your fucking sleeve. You're still gonna swallow air, exactly. But you know, we're not medical professionals. Well, I am. Mm. But you know, yes, you, are. <laughs> you, you should listen to your surgeon, whatever they recommend, and whatever you're comfortable doing. And if you have pain, don't fucking use a straw. Okay, <laughs> that is the key thing is yeah. that like listen to your surgeon mm -hmm. but your surgeon is not the be-all end-all nope. for your entire journey and facebook definitely isn't so yeah, don't do that <laughs> but um speaking of liquids the next one next myth is do liquids stretch your pouch no why? They go right through Why? you. <laughs> Why do people even? Uh, why do you entertain? Why do you think you can't drink for thirty minutes after you eat? Because it literally goes through you and pushes your food through you. It, yep, it increases your the speed of your gastric emptying. That's why you're not supposed to drink for thirty minutes after eating. But liquids do not stretch your pouch, mm -mm. and your pouch, your stomach, is a literal muscle. It is meant to stretch and contract yep. and get bigger and smaller and move. Peristalsis. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's meant to expand and contract. Yeah. So right after surgery, it's swollen, it's angry, it's going to be small. Even drinking may feel uncomfortable and may cause some pain if you drink too fast, mm -hmm. et cetera. But it's not going to stretch your pouch. It's not going to hurt you to drink liquids. And you're never going to stretch your pouch out to what it, your stomach was. Yeah. They cut 80% of never. your damn stomach out. Yeah, never. It will never really go back. It off. <laughs> but it will relax over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to out some foods and some days. I can absolutely eat closer to 10 ounces of food. Mm -hmm. I don't all the time, but sometimes, yeah, I do. And sometimes I can only eat four ounces without feeling mm -hmm. because, you know, it depends on the day. But yep. you will be able to eat more food as time goes on because your stomach will relax and stretch normally. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, let's address something. People seem to think that they are only supposed to eat a minimal amount of food for the rest of their lives. And that's not the truth. You want to learn how to repair your relationship with food and to be able to eat normally and like, and enjoy the things that you like. But now that you've repaired the relationship and your what triggers you and where you're wanting to eat all of the things, you don't have to, or you don't need to, and you can have a normal, you know, portion size, and you don't have to eat a whole fucking cheeseburger that's like 25 patties, and like, you can eat a quarter of it, and you're good, like. And it's okay to throw food away. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I, feel I like struggled with that so bad. Oh my I god. I feel like we need to do a whole other <laughs> podcast, to be honest, on this. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Like, let's make this a series of like <laughs> series of like the straw. <laughs> I feel like we we all could talk about these for forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You you don't have to eat two four ounces of food for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. No, and it's people you know on social media they seem to like play this game and like early on in my IG, like I made a comment about how I hated the food posting their hand mm -hmm. by yeah. their portion size. Like who fucking cares, dude? I'm glad that you only eat two ounces, but right now I eat six and that's perfectly normal too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, it would just bug me and I just could not say something like, or, you know, the before and after, like, this is only how much I ate. We're not glorifying, like, you eating like a fucking bird. Like, that is not the goal. And that people need to stop thinking. That diet culture. That glorified exactly. diet culture is oh my God, thank toxic. God. It is so toxic. <sighs> like, that is glorifying disordered eating. Yep. And, and yep. the whole point of the surgery is, I mean, I realized it's not everybody's 
points. Not everybody mm-hmm. gets the surgery to repair their relationship with food. Right. Yep. Like like Steph, you're talking about. You didn't come from a background of disordered eating. You got it to repair your body. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? like, For your health reasons. Yeah, exactly. So not everybody comes at it from that angle, but that doesn't mean that you need to perpetuate and continue right. the disordered eating and and keep eating like a bird and think that you're winning some sort of fucking prize here's your trophy right exactly good good for you i am of the same mind of you yeah in that situation like but we also i know that you have disordered eating and eating disorders in your background and i do as well so maybe the reason i reacted so strongly is because i felt triggered yeah and that's totally Steph, did you have you ever been triggered or, or felt strongly about those kinds of posts where people show their portion sizes before and before and afters? So I guess I take it as I mean I personally don't know why people post those. Um, my thinking is oh maybe you're trying to hold yourself accountable to like you're just documenting what you ate and afterwards, but I can understand where it can trigger other people because then they start comparing themselves mm-hmm. and that's where you get in your mind and you're like, well, how can you only eat two? And I can eat six and oh my God, I need to stop eating. And I need to oh, they didn't take enough of my stomach. Oh my God, I need to stop oh. eating and I need to restrict. And then that's a disordered yeah. eating belief. Yeah. And then you can f- actually go the wrong way with bariatric surgery and you can actually become anorexic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also want to say I'm not yeah. judging anybody that does that. I am not one to judge somebody else's what they do, mm-hmm. what they post. You know, that's all on you. Mm-hmm. But I was just my own personal opinion yeah. and like thoughts on it. Yeah, like, it bugged me. Yeah, <laughs> so, but again, like I'm not saying anybody's yeah. wrong. Yeah, you so. can. It's your Instagram. You can post whatever the fuck you want. Yep. We yep. can't. We can't. You know, like so <laughs> we're not, we can't censor everything about ourselves to like no, protect no. everyone. If and people are bought, like we talked about in scroll. yeah, if we talked like we talked about in the first episode, like just scroll past it, yep. or yep. you know, like just you know you know ignore it like you don't have to you don't have to unfollow the person i mean if it's really bothering you you can like yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah and i mean i never i never make comment on people's on people's stuff who do that Mm -hmm. yeah it absolutely bothers me Mm -hmm. it but it bothers me in the sense of like i'm concerned for you yeah i'm concerned for the rest of your life i'm concerned for your relationship with food for your relationship with yourself, the relationship you're teaching your children, mm-hmm. I'm con- I'm concerned. So, but I, I don't comment on it because I'm not your mom. Yep. It's not my place to fix your relationship. Now, if you come to me and say, you know, hey, Bex, like I want to talk about my relationship with food and work through that. I've got a background in psychology. I've got a psych degree. I've worked as a addictions counselor. Like I, I've got the background for I will happily talk to you about habit forming and self-talk and change and all of that and talk about eating, you know, and like moving forward with that. But I, I'm never going to come at somebody and call them out for it, which is another reason why like the Facebook groups drive me crazy. <laughs> like I see those posts. I'm like, Becca, you don't have the emotional energy for this. Just sure. Hold on. Sure. I start to twitch. Hold that. Cause mine does. Like, <laughs> my eyes start to twitch and i'm just like ah this is why i don't like facebook groups so but i don't even go on i have deleted myself out of all facebook weight loss groups just because no thank you but yeah i do think we could do like a bunch of spinoffs on just talking about let's 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 save the rest Mm -hmm. of those myths for for next time so we will do more on myths absolutely this isn't the first time we'll talk about them um so does anyone have any closing statements they would like to say uh thanks for listening (laughs) (laughs) um i just want to say and hopefully this doesn't embarrass her but um cass 
was wearing a small t-shirt and size 10 pants that she put in her cart eight times and out of her cart eight times. Yes, I did. (laughs) But, you know, guess what? She fucking fit in them. And amazing. Non-scale victory. And I cried. Also, also, Cass, are you in in Wonderland? Not yet. She's still just that, like, She's almost in Wonderland. Like, (laughs) It's just You just need me. to poop. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we'll get some fiber going. We'll get some uh, fiber-rich food, I suppose. But it it will happen. It's going to happen when it, it wants to happen. happen yep. By next Wednesday. I think next Wednesday. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be amazing. That would be like the perfectest. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, is that a word? Most perfect thing for one. Um, anniversary but if it doesn't happen you know what i've lost over 150 fucking pounds in a year that's amazing and yeah. i don't think i was even gonna get that far that's yeah i think i hit about 160 right at my one year mark and that was pretty amazing to be like what the fuck i lost an entire human being you know <laughs> like what, what it is crazy it's nuts so uh, some exciting news um I am going to Ohio tomorrow, going to Bariatric Summer Camp, and uh, we are going to get some snippet interviews from some very special guests, and then they will also be on our podcast sometime when we talk about certain topics, so get excited for that. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful week and happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day to all of the heavenly fathers out there, the grandfathers, the moms acting as fathers, the everything, everyone that takes care of. Very much a fan of mothers acting as fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, everyone who's acting as a parent, thank you for all that you do for your little ones and even your fur babies. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. fur parents are parents too. Yes, they I'm are. I'm a parent. You got I'll the fur babies. Own, I'll never own flesh children, but I will, I will always own fur children. <laughs> well, you can always borrow mine too, or, you know, I'll just send them no. your way. <laughs> Oh, also, shout out to Cass because she's in the finals for her karaoke singing competition. All these cool things we got going on. Yay. Uh, Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Um, Are you going to have your one-year post-op follow-up at Blossom and go visit them and be like, look at me, 150 pounds down. You know, by then, it'll be in July, so, I mean, I had felt like I was going to go by and say hi and see call, them. Call them and do the photo shoot. I'm going to be there yeah. in November, and I'm doing a photo shoot with them. Nice. nice. I want, yeah, their freaking wall that they did Yeah, afterwards. they did that after I left. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, oh, look at this gorgeous wall. I just love them. They're such great mm-hmm. they're so i love how supportive they are even afterwards even yeah. after you leave um you can always like message them and they always comment on like our posts and mm-hmm. tell us how proud they are and like you know those are the little things that really set people apart from other places i have my certain yeah, cell phone number <laughs> So, you know, like, and he's also, like, friends with my uncle now and, like, going to take my uncle out for a drink because my uncle's a gastroenterologist. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I got to do, like, a little interview with his daughter because I was part of the presentation on this new ligamentarist thing. So that was kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah. But anyways, we will see you guys next time. Yes. Bye, R2D peers. We love you. We love you. Hey everyone, Uh, sorry if this audio kind of sucks, I'm currently not with my podcast besties, Um, I picked up a last minute gig and got flown out to Kentucky, so I spent the day traveling and now I'm out here shooting a feature film. Um, So we were kind of talking about like 
how we got started and how we had the surgery, how it was covered through our insurance, what was the process and what we had to go through to get to that point. For me, it was all covered through my insurance. I get um, state insurance in the state of California. I live in Los Angeles. And um, so there are some hoops to jump through. Like obviously I had to meet a certain BMI and I qualified because I was big enough. And then um, I had to meet with a surgeon. Now, I actually didn't pick my own surgeon. My primary referred me, and I ended up just really liking this person. So I went ahead with him, and uh, it was all covered through my insurance, so it was free. Nothing came out of pocket for me. Um, I had to go through like a psych evaluation, which I'm sure uh, most people do, Um it's basically just to see like where your head's at to make sure that you're emotionally stable for the surgery. And uh, they ask you like strange questions too. Like, I, I don't know about anyone else, but for me, they asked me like, if the microwave talks to me and I was like, yeah, but only on the weekends, like joking around. And she was like, um, and I was like, I, that was a joke. Like I, I, the microwave does not talk to me. <laughs> so that was awkward. Um, yeah. And then I had to obviously meet with a nutritionist because, well, for me anyway, in my case, they wanted me to lose 30 pounds before my surgery. I ended up losing 40, um, on my own with just, uh, you know, diet and nutrition. And they basically put me on a military diet and they were like, try this. And I completely ignored my nutritionist's diet. And I was like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. And I did it my own way. And just like, you know, ate three meals a day and worked out and lost weight that way. Um, it was just like very restrictive, the nutritionist's diet and like specific foods at specific times, like grapefruit. I don't even eat that eggs. I'm not a big egg eater. Um, yeah. So I just modified it to what would work for me and I still lost weight. So that was good. And then before my surgery, I had to do two weeks of liquid and then one whole week of clear liquid. So I was literally three weeks to a month just having liquids. It was pure hell. All I wanted to do was eat. Um, <laughs> uh, and then after, I had to do the clear liquids for, I think, a week and then two weeks of regular liquids and then soft foods, a week of soft foods, and then I got to go to solids. But yeah, everything was covered through my insurance. Um, the process in itself took about six months, um, you know, with just all the different doctor's visits. They had to do an EKG. They do your blood work. They do all that beforehand to just make sure that your overall health is sufficient enough for the surgery. So that was basically my process. And um, I'm super happy that I went forth and I got it done. Uh, like I said in the last uh, week's podcast, I resented my surgery right after. I was like, what did I do? I was in pain. Um, it was one of those things like, I thought I would never be able to enjoy food again, but that's, that's all myth. You are going to enjoy your food again. It's just you have a lot smaller portions and I know like there's some sort of satisfaction out of being able to like binge on our favorite foods but trust me like food is so much more satisfying after when like it doesn't control you anymore and you choose what you want to put into your body that's a beautiful feeling but um, yeah, I just wanted to share that part of my story with you guys. And 
Um, I have a feeling that next week's podcast, I will probably be having to do the same thing. Um, I'm going to be out here in Kentucky for the next five weeks. So wish me luck and uh, have a blessed, beautiful day. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery. Please join us next time for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can become a Patreon and we do have that link in our bios on our Instagram and we will also share that with you. It's just patreon.com slash R2DP. There's some special perks in there that you might see. Um, there's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks. You will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier. You will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there. So again, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye, R2D peers!